Father, thank you that you are unpredictable. Lord, you're faithful, but you're mysterious. Lord, you are persistent, Lord, and you never give up on us, even when we are hot one day and cold the next. You are there. Lord, thank you that although sometimes days seem to just go on and on and it feels like nothing changes, thank you that you are a God of suddenly, and suddenly things happen, Lord. Thank you that with you, Lord, we don't know what today's going to bring. But we know that it will turn out for our good. Thank you that we can trust in you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been to four graduation ceremonies this week. And over and over you hear the same themes about, you know, dreaming and, you know, dream big and believe and keep going and, you know, on and on it goes. And and it's good stuff. And one of the ceremonies I was in was actually in the gym that I graduated from. Uh, It's a small town. My class was 27 people. And uh, it was just, it was really interesting just to to sit there and be taken back because I can remember uh, those days and I can remember being in that ceremony and walking out of that gym. And uh, I was a guy that you didn't have to tell to dream big because it was just there. I dreamed big and I believed it. Uh, I absolutely believed that I could fulfill any dream that, you know, God placed on my heart. And I was all about it. And one of the things that uh, my kids pointed out when we were back there is that it seemed like a lot of people didn't leave there. They just stayed there. And, and that was right. But I was one of those that I was gone. I immediately moved two and a half hours away uh, to a uh, school, you know, that was obviously far out of the community when most would stay right there uh, a few years after that. Married, moved to Texas, graduated school there, and then from there took on uh, a job in Colorado, and I've shared this with many of you before, but it was my dream job. Uh, I lived on um, a ranch, and it was just, it was picturesque. I mean, I, I, you couldn't even put it on a picture. I mean, it was just, um, it was just everything that I had dreamed of. Um, I was pursuing a graduate degree at that time, and I mean, life was just full of promise, and I was already thinking about, you know, the books that I would write about, you know, how to succeed and and so on, Um, but then, um, you know, as I've shared before, there were some dark days that came, and all of a sudden, I had to deal with um, some demons in my own heart and life that were seeking just to choke me out. And then I began to find out that some of the people that I was working with, that I trusted implicitly, were dealing with their own stuff, but they didn't want to admit it. And all of a sudden, uh, this future that was so bright was just clouded with darkness Um, And the next thing I know, my wife and I are leaving that place, but I don't want to come home to Illinois because 
Um, I'm just full of despair. And so we go back to Texas and I live out the next few years just under this cloud. Uh, and my wife and I are talking about divorce, a word that we said we would never even say. And it, it was just full of, of, of darkness. Um, but what I want to share with you this morning is that God was simply building a foundation at that time. At the time when I thought everything was over and it was done and that all that stuff that people had spoken to me was just a bunch of pie in the sky, God was building a foundation for what He wanted to do. I share with this with you because of this. Because many of, you, many of you, you've lived some life. I mean, it doesn't take long to live some life. You've gone through some trials. Um, and you've, you've wanted to give up. And you've given up at times. And when you hear somebody like David up here speaking breakthrough, you might be tempted to scoff and say, huh, yeah, I've been there before. I believed before and it didn't quite turn out the way that I wanted it to or that I believed it would. And what a lot of that is, this title, Laughing at God, what a lot of that is, is it's protecting our hearts. Because if you've ever believed in something and then seen it falling through, you don't want to go through that again. And so when God comes to you and says, here's what I want to do through you, there's this, or this is what I'm going to do in your life, there's this part of you that's like, oh, I really want that, but I don't want to just say, amen, let's go with it, because I've done that before, and I've been hurt, and, and I don't know about you, but I feel things deeply. I feel things deeply. I'm loyal. It's part of me. I'm loyal. But when something happens in a relationship, I feel it deeply. Some people tell me that I walk around with a stiff arm, you know, kind of keeping people at a distance. Well, you know what? Part of that's true. Because um, when I'm in, I'm all in. And, and I, I, I hate to get hurt. <laughs> I hate it. And so letting people into my heart, it's, it's hard. Where's Misty? Is Misty here? There's Misty. So Misty called a few weeks back and said she wanted to share some things that God was doing in her life. And I'm going to be honest with you. Misty had called before. <laughs> and we had spoken to Misty before. And Misty had walking up to the line with the Lord and then just kind of backtracked. And so when she called, I'll be honest with you, a part of my heart was like, I don't know if I want to go down this road again. Because uh, pastoring is not a job for me, okay? I mean, some of you tell me, you know, oh, it's not you, it's just, okay, I can't just do that, okay? Uh when I invest in someone, I invest in someone. I give you my heart. And so, um, and, and so when Misty called, there was this part of me like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, you know, you, you don't want to step over there again. 
But what I want to share with you this morning is this. It's so important that when God says, move forward, that you say yes. Because even if your heart's been broken before, even if you've seen failure before, this may be the breakthrough. And we're going to look at the Word this morning, and I'm going to show you an example of that. And it is all through the Word. But this is so important for you to hear because you're not going to go through this life without hurt and heartache. And when I say hurt and heartache, I mean it just rolls right off and it sounds so simple. But I mean deep hurt. I mean hurt like you you couldn't imagine as a young kid. I mean like rip your heart out. You're going to go through that stuff. But what I want to tell you this morning is, is that God is able to redeem it and heal it. But here's what it takes. It takes when He says, come to me, It means that you move forward. Even though you're doing the same thing that you've done before and you've been hurt by it before, it means you go forward and you trust Him because the thing is is that He's got a plan for it. There's a reason that He is taking you through it. You see, at the beginning of this year, I shared this with you, but um, God spoke uh, through a, a, a dear brother and a spiritual father in this church And what he spoke was that God shared with him there were going to be some things that broke loose this year right here as far as spiritual renewal um, and just people stepping in into what God wanted them to step into. Um, And when I heard that, it's like, yes! But there's another part of me that scoffed and laughed at God because uh, I don't want to be all in on that because if it doesn't happen, it's going to hurt. And... uh, this isn't my first year here. In one month, we'll wrap up 16 years. And we'll be stepping into 17. And every year, I've said, God, let this year be the year. God, let this year be the year. I mean, I remember a time when um, I was going to try and make it to three years here. And I was like, there is no way. There is no way that I can last three years. And then four and then five, and then six, you get the point. Here we are. But God wants to do something. And when I say He wants to do something in renewal, it's not just in a mass, it's in you personally. Because that's how it happens on a a larger scale. It happens with you. I was thinking about this this morning as I was looking at the worship team, and I was thinking about each individual story. You, Belle shared some of her, what's going on with her. But I, I just, as I looked up here, I, I, I just, I see each story. And, and when they're singing the song about being crushed, I know them, and I know it's true. It's not just a song. That's what God has done. But what I want to share with you is that there's a purpose in it. There's a purpose that God has taken me through, the disappointments that He's taken me through, not only before I got here, but even being here, because it's all part of a process of what He wants to do. Because He wants us to fully trust Him. He wants us to fully give ourselves over. And then when He blesses us, He wants us to know how precious it is. You know, if you get something quickly... Many times what we do is we say thank you and then we move right on and we look for the next thing when it comes quickly. But when you go after something and it takes forever 
and you fall down and you get up and you fall down and you get up, when it finally comes to fruition, it's precious. It's precious. And you will fight for it. And you will defend it. And you will lay your life down for it. God knows this because He created us. And it's part of the reason that He works the way that He does. So understand that it's not because He's not able to give it to you. He's able. It's not because He's unwilling to give it to you. He's willing. But it takes some perseverance on our part to keep saying yes. Alright, I want to look at an example of that in Scripture. It's found in the book of Genesis Genesis chapter 17. Beginning in verse 15. Um, and in this story is, is Abraham and Sarah. And uh, God, God speaks some big promises to Abraham. And as He does, what you're going to see initially is Abraham's like... Amen, let's do it. And it reminds me of me. I'm like, okay, you can do it, God. I'm your man. Let's go. But then it didn't, the promises didn't exactly come to fruition. They didn't exactly manifest themselves like the next day or the next year or the year after that or the year after that or the year after that. And eventually, Abraham goes through some discouragement. He decides, well, if God's not going to make this happen, maybe He's waiting on me to make some things happen. So he steps in and tries to do some things his own way, which really messes things up. I mean, I've never done anything like that, but I've seen some of you guys do that stuff. And then even beyond that, as, as Abraham and Sarah continue to wait, it still doesn't happen. But God asks Abraham to believe. And what you're going to hear at the end of this is that Abraham bows, but Scripture records he also laughs. And I, and I really think that that laugh is kind of like a, oh, not like this is hilarious. It's kind of like, huh, yeah. I said I believed before, and I know where it got me. And I think it's this, I've got to protect my heart. Thing that he had going on. Alright, so, verse 15. God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And, and what that's really about is a new identity. Okay? When you come to Jesus and you say, I'm yours, He bestows upon you a new identity. And I mean, it's for real. You are a new person. Now, the enemy will come back to you constantly. And he will remind you of all your sins. He will remind you of what you've done. And he will say, that's who you are. That is not who you are. Even if you go back and do it again, that is not who you are. Even if somebody that you respect, uh, your spouse, a parent, a sibling, whatever, tells you that's who you are, that is not who you are. You must embrace that. You must embrace the identity that God has given you. So he gives Sarai a new identity, Sarah. 
And verse 16 says, And I will bless her and give her a son. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how could Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. Now, I want to give you some background to this, because this is not the first time that God came to Abraham, okay? If you go a few chapters back in Genesis, when God first came to Abraham, Abraham didn't laugh. Abraham was like, yes, I'm ready to go. Now, let me tell you what happened, though. When, when God first came to Abraham and he said, I'm going to give you all these descendants and, you know, they're going to be like the sand and the seashore, you know, the stars in the sky. At that time, uh, Abraham was 75 years old. Now, at that time, the normal lifespan was about 120. Okay, so it was a little longer than what we're living right now. But if you put it in perspective for how long we're living, it would be similar to God coming to one of us who's about 65, okay, and saying, okay, I am going to make a nation out of you. I'm going to give you so many descendants, you're not going to be able to count them. Okay? So, I mean, let's bring this down to something more realistic, okay? There's a white or a, a guy with white hair in here named Mark. <laughs> How old are you, Mark? 65. Now, he's got a young wife, okay? So, you know, it seems somewhat plausible there. But imagine God coming to Mark and saying, I mean, seriously, this is what this is like. Don't just think of this as, oh, this is some Bible story. No, these were people, okay? These were people with dreams and so on. And after 65 years, imagine all the life experience that he's gone through, all the disappointments that he's gone through, and God comes and says, I'm going to give you this great nation. It's going to happen, okay? Obviously, at this age, we do not expect people to have kids, right? But Mark... Or Abraham says, I'm in. Let's do this. I believe you, God. Let's go. Well, the following year, nothing happened. The year after that, nothing happened. The year after that, nothing happened. The year after that, nothing happened. Ten years later, he's now 75, nothing has happened. He finally says, i got to do something to make this happen. I don't have much time left. So... Um, his wife says, here, take our servant, have a kid through her, because otherwise this isn't going to happen. Now that seems crazy to you, but here's the thing. I've been there before where God, I believe God has said something, nothing's happening, and I'm like, He must be waiting on me to do something. Because otherwise He wouldn't have spoken this, so i got to do something. And so I start going around trying to make it happen somehow, believing that I'm actually, this is what God has been waiting on. And so that's what they do. 
But God comes and says, no, <laughs> no, Sarah, your wife, she's the one that's going to have a kid. And so after that, they wait and nothing happens for another 14 years. That's on top of the 10. 24 years. Started at 65, okay? So 75, 85, you're looking, I mean, at 90 years old. Now that's according to us, okay? He's almost, he's 100, okay? He's 99. But in our lifespan, we're talking somebody late 80s, close to 90, nothing's happened, and God comes to you and says, okay, now it's the time. God, you said that before. You said that years before. I said yes. I gave you my life. I followed you and still nothing has happened. But you know what? It did. It happened the next year. The child came. And you know what? Abraham, even though a normal, lengthy life at that time was 120 he lived to be like 175 because God's God and He can do whatever He wants. But, here's what it took though. Abraham and Sarah had to say yes. God did it all, but they had to say yes. And what you will find is not only did Abraham laugh, but in the next chapter you will see that Sarah laughed as well. Like, huh! Are you kidding me? Now here's the thing though, and here's what I want to share with you. God loves to work in those ways. He loves to work in ways where um, we think that this is just impossible. He loves to work in ways to where we can't say, oh, you know, this is because I did this or because I was so faithful or, or whatever it was. God loves to work in those ways. It's not because He likes to see you struggle. It's not because He wants to see you discouraged. It's because He knows what's in our heart and He wants to get all that junk out of there. You know, uh, the, the song about making wine, okay? The, the way that Scripture talks about what making wine is them trampling out the grapes, okay? Just pressing everything out. And so that's how God works in us. He kind of allows us to go through life and He presses all of the junk out. Why? So that when we're given this precious gift, we won't just look at it and discard it and say, okay, I want the next best thing. I mean, some of you who are around before cell phones, <laughs> you appreciate them. You know what life was like before them. But some of us here don't know what that's like. They've just always been there. And we're always looking for the next best thing. God doesn't want us to do that with His promises. You know, another example in Scripture is King David and King Saul. When you look at King Saul, in the beginning, King Saul, was his heart was open. Um, he wanted to be used by God. But after a while, the enemy began to speak into his heart that he could have more. Not only did he want to be king, but later, he basically he wanted to be priest. He wanted to be worshipped. That's where the enemy took him. But part of the reason I think that is, is because he was given this blessing very quickly. 
But when you look at David, David was anointed king at a young age, but he didn't actually receive the kingship until many years later. After he had run for his life, he had seen discouragement and disappointment over and over again, but he continued to pursue the Lord. So why do we share all this? Here's the reason. Because God has a plan for you. And that plan is connected to everyone in here. And it's so crucial that you say yes. Because part of what God wants to do through you is going to encourage other people. It just keeps on going down the line. I mean, it's so encouraging to hear things like Luke shared and like Bell shared because I can remember so many years ago before where the people that were pouring into their lives were having their lives poured into. And it's just this domino effect that keeps going. But here's the thing. If you don't say yes, the people that the Lord wants to, to, to grab a hold of, um, you're not going to be there to do it. God wants to use you. And, and the thing is, is that He wants to use you in a way that He can't use me and He can't use others around you. You are unique and you have a story. You certainly, certainly don't need to be the preacher for God to use you. You don't need to be leading music for God to use you. You don't need to be teaching a Sunday school class for God to use you. God has specific purposes for you, but it means you saying yes. And, and if you're, um, you know, if you're very young, maybe that's easier, but if you've lived some life, you've seen some failure, and you've seen some heartache in ways that, that could have easily taken you completely out. And it means you saying yes despite that. Because God is able, but the thing is, He's not going to just do it on His own. He wants to do it through you. And He's looking for you to believe. And the amazing thing is, is that just like in the Scripture, even when there's a part of us that is hesitant, if we will still go ahead, even though there's that part of us that still is hesitant... He's able. I'll be blunt with you. (laughs) You know, there are so many of you that there have been times in your life where I've said, I'm just about done. I'm just about done. I don't think they're going to make it. (laughs) And I've said that about my own self, by the way, many times. But God even after it seems like you're done and it's all over, suddenly He does this resurrection thing. And it's like, who are they? And where did they come from? And the thing is, is that all of that glory goes to God. You know, 1 Corinthians records that God loves to use 
um, the things that the world despises, the things that the world uh, doesn't believe are wise or powerful. He loves to use those things. And at the end of that scripture, it says it's because so that we, we can't take any of the glory for ourselves, So that we see it was all God. And in your story, if you follow Him, you will see it's all Him. But hear me, it's like we said last week, you've, you've got to say yes. So don't leave Misty hanging. <laughs> she said yes. There's more. There's more. And, and, and our yeses are all different. Some of you, you're, you're, you've said yes to God, you're in there with Him, but you've gone into an apathetic state. God's given you some promises and maybe He's trying to remind you of them right now, but they happened 10, 15, 20, I don't know however many years ago. And there's that part of you that you, you just don't want to say yes because it, it just you don't want to go through that hurt. So you just want to close yourself off and God's asking you to say yes and believe again. But for some of you, it's, just, it's, it's coming to Him. Um, and it's saying, have my life. And, and maybe you did that years ago, um, but again, you, you've turned from Him and the enemy's told you, well, that's just who you are. And, and you're just, you feel like you can't say yes. And God's saying, say yes. Whatever your age, God can use you. And what that means for you specifically, I can't stand up here and say it because it's all a little bit different for us. And it really doesn't matter your age. Maybe you're in junior high right now. Okay? God's still speaking to you. He wants to use you right now. It's not sometime in the future. It's right now. But He's asking you to say yes. Maybe you're 90-something. God's still asking you to say yes, to believe, and watch what He's able to do through you. Father, thank You um, that You don't just do things and do everything on Your own. Thank You that You don't just use Your angels. (laughs) Thank You that You use us. Um, Thank You, Jesus, that You didn't just pay for our sins, although we are so grateful for that. Thank You, Lord, that there's more. And the more is, is that Holy Spirit, You want to live in us, You want to continue to cleanse us, and You want to use us for things that don't make sense, that are far beyond us. But I just pray for faith for each person in whatever it is You're asking of them that they would simply say yes to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand, please. Just invite you to engage the Lord as we... uh